Uh, you know what's really funny is when you texted me saying, hey, man, you want to be on the podcast? And the thing is, I was actually in the middle of a wedding when you texted me that. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and it was no. kind of funny um, because it was ironic because I got the message while I was trying to kind of do my message at the reception. Oh, no. And I forgot that I didn't have my ringer on or I didn't put my phone on silent. <laughs> oh, and, okay. And it was kind of ironic because I was kind of bombing out there. Oh, and, no. And it, was, and it was great because as soon as that happened, like, for whatever reason, my mind just snapped. And I was like, oh, great. I know what I'm about to say. And it went kind of smoothly. Hey, well, that's all right. Yeah, so it was a good distraction. Cool. Well, I'm glad to have inadvertently helped with, uh, yeah. with your participation in the wedding. So, yeah. yay win. <laughs> Well, welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. You have got uh, two of us today. You've got myself, Scouter Ken, joining in from Parts Unknown in Northern Alberta. And uh, over on the other end of the microphone is Parker. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, are, are not quite long lost, but certainly haven't had you on the podcast nearly enough in the last little while. Member from BSA. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, well, good to have you back. And uh, once again, I find that I'm relying on the Bluetooth headset to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> that just seems to be the lot in life. You know what? So where I am in northern Alberta, um, and I mean, like, you don't come here for tourism, mostly. I don't think. Certainly I don't. I'm here to work. <laughs> but I got an evening to myself, and, you know, we got an opportunity to record. But you got to understand, like, I'm... I, I was saying to a colleague at work today, I'm really glad, I'm so glad that I grew up in an era where, you know, modems had baud rates of like 9,600 kilobits per second or, or, or 9,600 bits per second or, or 28.8 kilobits per second. Oh my I'm so goodness. Glad, I'm so glad I lived through that time yeah. because when I go from the blazing fast speeds of my home internet connection to three megabits per second at my hotel room oh um i'm not too distressed because i've lived through way worse yeah you appreciate but, it yeah it's a, sort of like you know how sleeping in a tent sleeping on hard ground makes you appreciate your bed a little more by the time yeah. <laughs> um yeah. that said i did not want to attempt any kind of online recording on three megabits per second Oof. so i have ventured out and i have found a uh restaurant slash bar that um offers a hotspot with 100 megabits so i'm reasonably modern again in terms of my internet speed oh that's nice yeah and you know what i'll have dinner while we're doing this and i'll try not to chew into the mic too much oh you're good but uh, well dinner hasn't arrived yet we'll see how things go <laughs> but anyways yeah no i'm on a, i'm on a work trip and so i'm quite quite far from home yeah, it seems like you, you always have a lot of work trips. Well, you know what? It's part of the job, right? Like yeah. I am, um, my department is very client-facing. We uh, we're not we're not a lot of the work we do could I guess be abstracted as IT, although our portfolio is quite a bit broader than your standard IT portfolio. But mm -hmm. we really are we are client-facing. We don't do anything internal. Oh, okay. So uh, you know, consequently, I'm 
up here right now because there's a company that runs one of our control systems. And actually, I mean, I don't want, I'm not going to get into the techno babble. But if anybody wants to catch me online anywhere and ask me about my recent adventures with domain controllers, I will happily, happily fill your ear. <laughs> Seems like a whole day discussion right there. Thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I learned. I learned some things. I have learned things this week, and oh my gosh, uh, it's funny because like our team is very distributed. We have people in, um, we have people in Canada, we have people in the U.S., we have people in Europe, and uh, the Middle East and Asia. A global global coverage for the team, and a couple of the guys are like really solid on Windows and Active Directory and all of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I was running the issues that we had overcome by one of them. And he was just like, I have never heard of this happening. That is a huge gotcha. That is a <laughs> huge potential blocker for, for any kind of domain operations. Um, so I think I will be helping him write a training module about this for the team conference in January. Ooh, that's going to be needed. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> so anyways, that's me. What you been up to? Uh, me, uh, so essentially, uh, as people may or may not know, I go to Texas A&M. Um, I am majoring in aerospace engineering. And I recently, two things have happened. Uh, today, I just found out that in November, I will be graduating. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And I also was selected to be a part of an internship program this year. Uh, I will actually be working. NASA and yeah, well, you had mentioned NASA before. I know yes, you I have. NASA. Well, this is actually a new internship. the The old one was where I would work from home, and then I would just kind of I was kind of like a assistant. Um, okay. But now I actually get to go out and observe certain deep space objects. Ooh. Um, and I get to report back to them. Um, one of the cool features I actually get is I'm lucky people that get to use the Hubble Space Telescope. What? Yeah, so I have to go all the way to, I get to literally sit on my computer and I get to look at the deep space objects from the Hubble Space Telescope. Dude. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, I'm super excited. I start next week. Wow, that is that is awesome. Alright, Scatter Ken, what did you have for a topic for us tonight? <laughs> well, um, so the episode that I guess we recorded half of, and yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll never wind up being released now, I don't know. Um, but we had wanted at the start of summer to try and talk about, oh, and I guess actually because it was in that episode that you told me about NASA, or in that half of an episode you told me about NASA, and then that subsequently never got released. So I guess your NASA news is huge news for everybody listening. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But you had told me about that previously in the half of an episode that we recorded. Yeah. It was a good half episode. It was a good half episode. Um, we were talking then about summer programming, but as it's getting into August, the whole idea of summer programming is probably starting to wind down for scout groups. I know it is for mine. Yep. Um, uh, we, we just recently wrapped up our last sort of uh, camp that we did. Um, if okay. you don't mind, I'll kind of tell you a little about it. Yeah, go on. Um, I'm going to suck so, into my soup while you do. Okay, cool. So essentially, we went to Yellowstone, Wyoming. That's a beautiful part of the country. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, we got to see Old Faithful, which is, again, in Yellowstone. Uh, uh, for people who may not be aware of it or who don't live in the U.S., it's basically 
just a huge geyser that kind of shoots out. Famous, Um, one of the most famous geysers in the world. Oh, hundred percent. And it does it every hour. Um, We actually got to see it when it was happening, which was just a fantastic experience. Uh, We ended up, yeah. So it was actually, so essentially the summer camp was, it was 20, uh, it was, so it was about 20 camps in total. So it was my scout group and then uh, 19 others that ended up going. It was, I believe we ended up set, uh, sending our stars and our life scouts, which are essentially your 16 and 17 year olds here in uh, Scouts BSA. Right. That's the uh, third and second most top rank. Yes, 100%. Um, and essentially, we it was a week long thing. We went on a, yeah, you won't even believe this. We actually ended up going on a 10 mile hike that was round Ooh. trip. And essentially, we got to. There's like the, it's called the if you guys want to check it out, it's called the Alpine Trail, and it essentially it, it, it's really rocky. And if you don't okay. have the right shoes or equipment, you can end up actually slipping about ten or twenty feet. That's not awesome. No, it's not. But uh, again, all of our, we had like ropes and we had obviously safety measures in place to make sure that you know nothing bad like that would happen. But it was you know it really gave the scouts a good idea you know of what mother nature nature has to offer you but it also gives them just really once in a lifetime experience about you know this is what i learned from scouting and watch me applying what i've learned in the camp and activities and i think it was just an amazing opportunity for them yeah for sure that is that is awesome and i mean i uh (laughs) Funnily enough, work did send me to Wyoming a fair bit, um, gosh, almost a decade ago now. Oh, so wow. I got, yeah, so I got to explore Yellowstone. Um, Old Faithful didn't explode for me, though, sadly. Uh, that's a shame. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Mm. Um, Fossil Butte. Um, spent a lot of time around Green River and Rock Springs. So, oh, yeah. Uh, went up to Cody, Wyoming, bought some coffee from the monks. Oh, I, I've heard that coffee's amazing. It is. It is truly, actually, you know... <clears throat> Two things from Wyoming. It's great. Thank you. Um, two things from Wyoming. My favorite coffee is there, and my favorite Chinese food restaurant in the whole world. What is- uh, the restaurant is Bonsai. It's in Rock Springs, Wyoming. So you know what? I actually, um, my oh, actually, my grandpa there. lives there, and I've I've actually eaten there. Believe it or not, it's a good place. Delicious. The egg rolls are insane. The egg rolls are amazing. I got man, just thinking about that, I want to go back now. Well, see, oh, at least you have family there. I have absolutely yeah. no excuse to go. Oh, <laughs> besides a business trip. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but currently we are not working with that client, but, you know, maybe uh, one day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, whatever. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, being that it's kind of the <laughs> coming towards the end of summer, um, mm-hmm. and especially because this episode isn't going to release until, you know, a couple of weeks into August. It's uh, August 1st as we're recording this National Scouts or International Scout Scarf Day. Oh, that's right. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's actually the colors, uh, the logo is the colors of your scarf, if I'm not. Well, sort of. Our scarf doesn't incorporate white, but yes, green and orange are the predominant colors of the 59th. Oh, okay. That's that's really neat. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I needed to pick a color scheme, I went with one I knew, so. Yeah, <laughs> fair play. But uh, due to the nature of the work that I was doing today, I couldn't actually uh, wear 
a necker. But I uh, am wearing uh, I am wearing a Scouts Canada uh, a Scouts Canada. So Scouts Canada offers like they have their dress uniforms, and then mm -hmm. they have activity shirts, t-shirts, and then kind of in between that, there's like a golf shirt style. Okay, kind and, of like a have, nice casual. Yeah, sort of a business casual shirt, and I have one of those, and I have affixed my Akela sticker, or sorry, my Akela badge from you know Cubs because I am mm. Akela to the Cubs, and then also my group logo is on one arm, my group crest is on one arm. So oh wow! I couldn't wear I couldn't wear my Necker, but I'm still repping the Scout colors in my group today. So representing. There we go. Um, had a couple of people ask me about it too, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. But anyways, with that in mind, and actually that. In a way, this builds into it because what I figured we'd talk about today is recruitment. Ooh, because, big topic. Yeah, well, as we're coming to the end of summer, um, you know, this is, I mean, hopefully, the, I, how is it handled? This is an interesting question. Handled in BSA. Because uh, for me, oh, sorry, I'll just contextualize and then you take off. For okay. me, I've had registrations open for you know, September 2019 to August 2020, uh, oh, wow. the next scouting season, right? The next scouting mm. year. Yep. I've had registrations open since May. Holy crap. Okay. So yep. that's how Scouts Canada does it. At the end of once, towards the end of one scouting season, we open up um, registrations for the next. And oh, maybe gosh. we'll talk about, maybe we'll talk about recruitment strategies around that a little bit later on. But mm. how does BSA do it? So BSA doesn't actually give a very specific guideline uh, to recruitment. Um, okay. Essentially, they'll give you sort of like what you look for in recruitment and they'll kind of give you like a recommended window of when you should recruit. Uh, but here, how we do it here in Dallas is as you probably, probably know or don't know, Dallas is a huge city. I've been there. Um, it's kind of big. Yeah, and essentially, when you have that many people, you know, because I, I, I imagine in Edmonton, you don't really, you know, trying to find people to join scouts is kind of a little bit more scarce than it here is in Dallas. But essentially... Well, we probably it, have a lower overall density of scout groups, but I certainly hmm. don't hurt for finding members. Oh, okay. Well, that's really nice then. All right. There's a uh, million in the metro area. Like, we're not, we're not a small town. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Maybe I should freshen up on my geography. But uh, anyway, to continue, uh, we essentially do our recruitment. We have two recruitment times that we normally will do it. It'll be during okay. the summertime when the kids are either getting out or, and, you know, they're changing grades. You know, maybe they're going to be a bobcat, which is essentially sort of the initiation phase in the Tiger Cub, which is sort of like your seven-year-olds or kindergartens. Right. Um, and we'll kind of – essentially how it is is – so – how, how it's going to happen this year is this summer is we're going to open it up for recruitment. And essentially what will happen is we, as a group, will designate a week. And essentially, like, I'll go to a school. My dad will go to a school. And essentially what we'll do is um, we will bring our we, – we, we will bring about two members of each rank – and essentially we'll have like a little assembly and we'll kind of talk to a school and essentially while I'm talking, um, uh, we will have the, we will have two members of each of the ranks will come and they'll kind of introduce themselves to people who are interested 
you know, within their age group and they'll teach them essentially we have, we have a handshake that we do for each rank. And so, yeah, exactly. And so essentially the, the kids will get to learn the handshake specific to that rank. And then from there, after we have the whole assembly, uh, we will pass out sheets, you know, the handouts, the registration handouts, and anybody who's interested um, can sign up and you can either, well, you can either sign up or you can actually go to a meeting and kind of experience what it actually might be. Awesome. Um, and we do that. And again, we do it once. So we do it about once. So we do about once in the summertime. Uh, but except in the summertime, we're actually going out, you know, to uh, specific events, you know, stuff like that. We have it set up. Um, also, during the school year, we do it, you know, sort of towards that November range because, you know, it's, when you start turning the corner towards like November, December, and you get Black Friday and Christmas and you get the holidays going, uh, it's really hard to actually get the attention of parents and kids. And it's really, I've always found it to be difficult to, as far as recruitment goes. Um, but essentially, that's kind of how we, we are more of a, Hey, I'm a person. I've got my group with me. Let's talk to a whole bunch of people and, you know, kind of cast a wide net, if you will. For sure. I don't know if that's how you guys do it. <laughs> well, ours is, a little, how ours, goes. ours is a little bit different. And I mean, one thing I haven't heard of a lot of groups doing, and funnily enough, like this is actually a question that came up mm-hmm. in. Um, so I don't know if you're completely caught up on our episodes, but a couple of episodes ago, Colin and I, well, I published the episode, like Colin and I met and recorded it somewhat earlier than it was published, obviously. But due to a confluence of things, i.e. my kids made a complete disaster of the basement, <laughs> um, Colin and I went to a restaurant and just kind of parked ourselves in a corner to record. Mm. And this, uh, this young lady out for you know an evening with her friends Mm-hmm. Um, a teacher, evidently. Oh, okay. Saw us recording, talking into the microphones, and uh, she came over at, uh, two times during the episode. Oh, wow. To to ask different questions, uh, and she asked a couple of questions about accommodation of youth with disabilities. Oh, okay. Yep. Which was not at all the topic of what we were talking about, but it was an interesting kind of uh, side topic, and some interesting comments from our listener base came out of that. So I was really glad she did that. Mm -hmm. But then separate to that, uh, the second time she came by, maybe it was the first time. The Mm -hmm. other thing she asked about was why she didn't see scouts in the schools more trying to um, build their membership. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to hear you talk about school presentations because I get the sense that that isn't a thing that's done as much in my area. Mm. Now, that's not to say that, you know, it can't be done. And I'm sure there are scout groups in Canada that do it. But at least in the Edmonton area, it does not seem to be as much of a thing. Really? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Now, I mean, my group, we're not hurting for membership. If anything, we have to turn people away. Yeah, exactly. We just don't have the volunteer base to support. Yeah, that's actually our issue here, too. It's hard to find really good volunteers nowadays. Well, there's that too, right? I mean, people are busy. There's a lot of... Yeah. And we find that uh, there is recruitment that happens in the schools. 
Mm -hmm. But it's the word of mouth kind, you know, our yeah. youth that are in the program are telling their classmates about all the stuff that they're doing. And mm -hmm. we're evidently running a cool enough program that it has a certain appeal. Yeah. And so um, we get, you know, sort of this, we've had this real influx of membership over the last few years um, to the point that like, you know, we are at least at last year, we were the record holders for, you know, like how many Beaver Scouts and how many Cub Scouts we had in oh, wow. certain geographical areas at any rate. And, you know, wow. when you're the biggest Cub Pack outside of like maybe Toronto or west of Toronto, that's a big deal. Oh, that's, that's huge. A really big deal. <laughs> Especially you got Vancouver and. Yeah. Yeah, and Edmonton's smaller than Vancouver. So, um, so you know, in that sense, we're not hurting. Now, there are other groups that maybe are hurting for membership to some degree. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they could potentially look at getting into schools uh, yeah. or at least, you know, pitching, pitching activities to schools. That yeah. said, we've kind of found that it works better if it's the youth talking to their peers. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I totally agree with you. We actually, uh, when I first started, this would have been, well, when I first, let's put it this way. When I first started Boy Scouts, because that's essentially when we uh, started rolling out this part of the program with recruitment, I was, gosh, that would have been 2000, 2008. Wow, I'm old. Anyway. <laughs> You're old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, essentially what they did was they had somewhat of, Sort of like, you know, if you, I, I tell you, hey, man, come enjoy Scouts with me. And if I get a certain amount of people, I would get a, a like a reward. Oh, so okay. It, it was kind of, it almost kind of felt like a pyramid scheme. We don't do it anymore because <laughs> what we found out is that the people that felt like they were pressured into going to Scouts, A, didn't really enjoy themselves and wouldn't really come back again. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You don't want to like, you know, try and cajole or, or trick people into joining. You want people yeah. to come to it naturally because there's a certain appeal there. Mm, 100%. Um, and one thing that I will say is we, so our charter organization is, it's called Dillon Elementary School. That's our oh, okay, charter cool. organization. Um, so I will say from experience that if you have a charter organization like that, or you even have a church you can go and talk to, um, most of the time they will be glad to give you sort of an hour, whether it be, you know, in an auditorium where you can speak to a mass of people, or you can even just set up a, like a little booth kind of by the lunchroom area. And if the kids want to come up to you and introduce themselves and you kind of want to tell them more about the program, you know, that's also a way that I've found that's actually really helpful into getting yep. new scatters introduced into the program. Exactly. And so for us, um, so for us, like we don't, okay, so within our group specifically, we're chartered to what's called the Community League, right? Mm -hmm. um, basically, you know, Edmonton is kind of subdivided into different communities. Mm -hmm. They have names like Greenfield and Blue Quill and what have you. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's sort of defined boundaries. So it's the Greenfield like Zone. Yeah, it's kind of like a zone. So the Greenfield community is, you know, it's 40th Avenue on the north side, it's 34th Avenue on the south side, and then it's between 119th and 111th streets. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's this roughly square block of houses yep. between all of these streets and avenues. And, you know, kind of central to that is the community league building, and we're chartered for out of there. 
chart okay. uh, there. Um, and so every year the community league does their little showcase. And I think they do this in about the springtime, if I recall correctly. They do their little showcase of like all the different programs and mm. stuff that's going on in the community. And Greenfield, to its credit, is like they are a very thriving community. You know, mm. uh, there's a lot going on there, but they always invite us to come and set up a table and pitch the scouting program as, you know, one of the offerings that is there for youth mm -hmm. um, alongside all the sports teams and whatever else. Yeah. So we get that. Um, and of course we just try and maintain a certain presence in the community, right? Like you can find us volunteering for whatever. I think we've helped build two playgrounds now. Oh, wow. Uh, things like that. We have the youth in the schools telling their friends about the program and bringing their friends on board. Um, and I mean, for us, that has largely been enough to sustain growth. Now, Scouts Canada actually really tries to encourage that kind of growth because they, uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes, but the recruitment materials that Scouts Canada makes available, and they do make available like brochures that I could hand out to parents if I set up a table at the mall or if I had set up a table at, you know, the community league expo. But a lot of their recruitment is focused on this bring a friend concept. And actually scouts Canada for years now has given you the option. Um, and I've extended this to, I don't know how many people now. Mm -hmm. um, basically you can come to two of our meetings no questions asked. You know, if your kid wants to try out scouting a little bit, mm -hmm. two meetings. You get two meetings. Yep. Um, and after that, with my group commissioner's permission, I can continue to permit them to attend meetings, mm. but they have to start signing forms. Oh, you know, okay. Basically, basically, you know, uh, you know, the, the the insurance type stuff, right? You know, yeah, exactly. Responsible, uh, blah blah blah, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, but you know, like Scouts Canada, like they've set this up for us so that, you know, we really have this option ready to go out of the box whenever we need it of, you know, oh, sure. Yeah. You want to come see what it's all about? Sure. Come on for a couple of meetings. Mm. You know, uh, we're going to be here this week and we're going to go to the archery range next week, whatever. Exactly. Oh, you're coming to the archery range and need you to sign this form. Yeah, exactly. Um, things like that. Mm. Now, uh, and like I say, I've extended that offer to so many people and so many people have taken it up, taken me up on it. And a lot of them have since, you know, their kids have joined the program and some of them are my scouters now too. So, haha, win. Yeah. Um, we also, our group in specific, so we have in the city of Edmonton, um, we have a children's miracle network hospital. It's called the Stollery Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. All of my children at one point or another have been patients there. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what that says about anything, but there it is. <laughs> uh, and kind of, it's not directly associated with it, but it is. Um, we have what's called the Ronald McDonald House. Yes, it's sponsored by McDonald. And the idea behind it is that um, if you are a kid from out of town who has to be at the Stollery for an extended length of time to receive treatment, mm -hmm. the Ronald McDonald House is accommodation for your family. So that's kind of cool, right? You yeah. know, it gives your family the option to come and stay a few days mm -hmm. um, and not incur significant hotel costs in doing so. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, uh, so one of my scouters, I guess, knows 
you know, the person who kind of coordinates all the Ronald McDonald House stuff. And so she arranged with him to basically have uh, a few pamphlets there uh, touting our group and, you know, just basically saying, hey, if you, you know, if your kid is involved with scouting, you are completely welcome at our meetings. If your kid is not involved with scouting but needs something to do on a Monday or Tuesday evening or Wednesday evening, if they're a little bit older, um, yep. call this guy. So we've had a couple, we've had a few occasions now where, you know, we've had youth basically show up. Um, you know, like I get a text and they're just like, so, hey, I, I read about you at the Ronald McDonald House. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. So, uh, how old, okay, cool. Well, we have a Monday group and a Tuesday group uh, mm -hmm. for that age level. So, um, you know, here's what we're going to be doing this week. Come out and meet us if you can. And That's, so we've had people do that. Heck, we've had some of the kids who have been patients at the Stollery come and join us. Mm -hmm. And that's another opportunity for us to recruit as well, because some of these kids actually have been, or like their families have been moving to the area mm -hmm. or, or they have cousins in the area. Right. And like, you know, you get a few people showing up. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we're just going to go. Yeah. Fun, right. They have fun. Um, um, yeah. Actually, one thing that I've, I've actually, you actually, actually triggered something that I just wanted to remember. Uh, sure, what sure. we do is we, so we have, we use social media as a tool that we use to recruit ah. scouts. Uh, so essentially we have an Instagram account and we have a Facebook account. Uh, so essentially, nice. yeah. So essentially the Instagram account is to kind of show, you know, the potential scouts, you know, what they're kind of missing out on or what they could potentially be doing in our scout group, you know, the fun adventures you can have, you know, For the sure. volunteering that you could do to help out community. It's just kind of that is kind of like a way to show them, you know, what, what it's all about. And then obviously, you know, the Facebook, it's just a great community, you know, for parents to get involved, you know, maybe they have, you know, maybe a parent has a question and maybe I can jump online and kind of answer it quickly. So, you know, really there's just like a separate community within Facebook oh, that I sure. think is you're just a great tool in case you're like a new parent and you don't understand scouting and you know, you kind of would like some guidance, especially for volunteer. Oh, for sure. And actually I'm glad you mentioned that um, because I finally got my group onto social media last year. It might've been more than last year by now, but it's basically like just this last year is when I've really been using it. And mm. I would recommend that to any scout group, you know, Almost to the point of like, you need a person on your group committee who is your social media coordinator, but set yourself up a social media presence, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, if you're feeling ambitious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but you know what the great thing is? What? If you have Instagram set up, Instagram is your gateway to all the rest of it. Oh yeah. You can link because everything. Yeah. You can link it all up. So Instagram, you can automatically cross post to Twitter and Facebook. Wow, that's really nice. And with that Facebook posting, you can cross-post directly to a Facebook page, not just your personal Facebook profile. Wow. Okay. So that's what I have set up for my group. And Instagram is my gateway to that. Anything that I put on Instagram gets echoed to Facebook, gets echoed to Twitter. And mm. I really, you know, I then only have to pay attention to Facebook or Twitter when someone messages me or asks me. Mm -hmm. But it's that second part too, right? Yep. Instagram gives you the ability to show all this great stuff that you're doing to the world. Keep in mm -hmm. mind, though, you know, I mean, obviously with an eye towards 
Scouts Canada has fairly rigorous rules about posting on social media and what can and yeah. can't be posted. And of course, there's the yeah. whole issue of like, do they have a signed photo release, etc. Yeah, we don't allow individual photos. Fair enough. But you know, keeping all of that in mind, yeah. um, you know, keeping in mind whatever rules govern how you can post photos or not, um, mm. it's a great opportunity for you to yes, um, put yourself out there in you know what really is yes a very modern form of community. Yeah. Um, but also, it's the ability for people to then contact you. Mm -hmm. This is what I do when I go traveling. I reach out to groups in the area. If they have a Facebook page, I reach out to them. I'm just like, hey, I'm a visiting scouter. Um, do you got anybody who wants to hang out? You know, is there a scout troop or a cub pack I can come visit? Um, you know, what are they up to? And, mm. you know, I've had a lot of great experiences come about through that. And equally, you know, I have gotten messages through the Facebook page that I maintain for our scout group. Um, people wanting to give us historical, you know, some people have like old stuff they just find in their garage, right? Like they were scouters 10 years ago and they have stuff kicking around. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, they want to find out about when can I join and, and what's the process yeah. for joining yeah. and, uh, and all of that stuff. And it's especially so, cool if you get to visit another country and kind of even understand how they run scouts. Yes. Because a lot absolutely. of ideas can actually come from that. Absolutely. I Well, I... <laughs> There's a game that my Cub Scouts love to play that I delivered that I just took right out of Ireland. So, thank you. Uh, took uh, right out of this Irish scout group that I met. It's it's a fun one to play. Uh, oh wow! So yeah, no, I, I totally. But yeah, definitely like a social media presence is a hugely powerful recruitment mm -hmm. tool. And I will say, I will preface this that your Facebook page or your or whatever social media you're using is kind of a way for you to kind of funnel a wide audience, you know, into contacting you individually. So you can kind of give them the scoop of really what it's about. Um, Cause I will, I will say this, a couple of people have messaged me, you know, or have been saying that, you know, sometimes it can come off as clickbait. That's actually a term that is actually uh, been sort of, yeah, it can. <laughs> um, so You're just kind careful. of, yeah, be careful about that. That's one thing I will, that's sort of one, uh, one tip I'll give you if you guys are thinking about uh, doing a social media page. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be like, oh my gosh, check out these 20 cool cup car designs. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are, BuzzFeed already exists, you are not BuzzFeed. <laughs> uh, but equally, you know, I mean, and I try and take a very conversational tone, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you what's happening. You know, oh my gosh, our Cub Scouts met and they raced their Cub cars tonight. And I'll post, you know, yeah. a few photos of some of the neater designs and mm -hmm. the races. And, yeah. You know, just or like we went to a camp. Tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and you know, like, I mean, I like to be a bit of a storyteller, so I'll embellish a little bit. But it's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm still just trying to put it out there in a sort of conversational, bit of a storytelling kind of way. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going for the, you know, the clickbaity uh, sensationalist angle. I'm just, you know, no. here's a cool thing we did. Yeah. And then I'll Let usually tag it with, yeah. Or, Hey, maybe you would like to try something like this with us, with us sometime. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm. And so, and, and that can be a very powerful, uh, recruitment tool as well, especially nowadays, right? Because social media is definitely, it's become very ubiquitous. It's like the norm. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I mean, you do, you don't want clickbaity headlines, but learn how to play the hashtag game. 
<laughs> learn how to play the hashtag game. Oh, that's so yeah. crucial. Yeah, because if you can properly tag your content, then people can find it, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you are really just spitting into the wind. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah. Now, one other thing that we do, kind of keeping on the idea of, uh, you know, bringing a friend and, uh, you know, letting the youth kind of help drive recruitment. Like, we actually have a whole month set aside for it. February is kind of bring a friend month. Oh, okay. Um, where, you know, youth are really strongly encouraged to, you know, if they have a friend who's kind of interested and they've been telling them about some of their adventures. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, and something. The nice oh, sorry about is, that. Sorry. sorry. Um, Smith, the nice thing about doing it in February is that, you know, a couple of months later, recruitment kicks off, right? May, late May. So three months later, the recruitment kicks mm-hmm. off. And it's in that, it's about in that March corridor, March to April corridor is when I start getting peppered with, hey, how do I sign my kid up? Yeah. I wonder what. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry, you were going to say. Um, I was at just something that really came came up to me that I just kind of thought would be a kind of a fun idea if you are one of those kind of groups that are struggling to get, you know, uh, are, are struggling to get people into your group. Um, so something that my dad likes to do is especially during the summertime, he likes to actually host a barbecue and essentially... You know, he says, hey, if, if you know, we're going to have some games that we play in scouts, we'll have fun activities. And it's it's again, it's a, it's a social environment which will kind of allow, you know, uh, scouts or, you know, potential scouts and even potential scouters to kind of experience, just kind of get a little taste of what they might be getting, you know, at the actual meetings. And so I think, you know, Something like that is just a great way to kind of help help you get the foot in the door when it comes to recruiting. For sure, right? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're a community organization. Mm. Hopefully, you have a presence in your community. And if you don't, you should probably work on fixing that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you're exactly right. Like, it doesn't, you know, maybe it takes the form of a barbecue and a games day. Um, Again, our group doesn't really have to worry about that because the community league kind of puts one on anyways, and we take part in that. Yeah. But having that presence in the community, if you're a newer scout group, this is a bit hard. Like, it's, we, um, like, it's to, we're, I mean, we've been 50 years in our community. We're, mm-hmm. we're quite well established. Yeah. And so if we're doing like a bottle drive, we have loyalists. Yeah. There's lots of groups that do bottle drives. Soccer mm. teams, hockey teams, lacrosse teams, Any and sort of scout groups. Yeah, and the scout groups. Yeah. Uh, well, our scout group, at any rate, we're the only one really in the area. Oh, wow. Uh, is, there were, this is, there, is booming, huh? Yeah. Well, but the thing is, we have loyalists. Mm. So we have people who will like, you know, they will only put their bottles out for us. If a hockey team comes by, sorry, don't have anything. That's kind of nice. Uh, kinda, it is. Yeah. It is, right? Makes the job and, easier. Like, people, you know, we do two bottle drives a year. So, you know, some of these houses are saving up bottles for literally half a year. We do our flyer delivery. And so we do, like, we deliver flyers ahead of time. And I mean, like, if people don't put bottles out or don't leave the flyer taped to their front door, it, it's it, we have a three-way 
I'm not really trying to make this a bottle drive podcast, but I like our system of doing it, and I'll shout it out here. Yeah. So we deliver leaflets uh, a week before the bottle drive, or like a few days before the bottle drive. Mm-hmm. And they basically say, okay, look, if you have bottles and you want to donate them, but you don't want to be disturbed, put them outside, bags, boxes, whatever, tape this to them. Tape this leaflet to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we find a pile of bottles outside your door, we'll take them and be on our way. Won't disturb you. Mm. If you don't have bottles or don't want to give us bottles and don't want to be disturbed, tape this leaflet to your door. We will oh, see okay. it. We will take the leaflet, but we will not disturb you. We won't ring your doorbell. Oh, wow. That's a really good system. Yeah. it's that. I think it's that move that really makes people like us. Yeah. And finally, you know what? If we don't see bottles outside your door and we don't see a leaflet on your door, we will knock on your door. Yeah. Kind of you an know? obvious. Kind of an obvious thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, so we get people who will literally save up bottles for half a year and like we deliver the leaflets on say Wednesday and Saturday morning we roll by and there's just a mountain of boxes. Oh my goodness. You know, it's like, okay, I guess we need two van loads to get this back to the, (laughs) but you know what? I mean, like, again, we're very established in the community and when you are established in the community and you've maintained a level of visibility with your community. Yep. That's the sort of thing that results. Mm-hmm. And so the flip side of that is that if you're new or you're trying to get established, or if, you're, if you've been in the community for a while, but you haven't really made yourself a presence in the community, it's, right. never, it's never not a bad time to start. You know? yeah. We're scouts. We're a service organization. So if the community needs garbage cleanup, then you know what? Put your name in the hat. If yeah. they're building a new playground and they need volunteers, guess what? Go put your name in yeah. the hat. Um, exactly. Be visible. Be a presence. Mm-hmm. Because if you're out there and visible in the community, people will see that. And mm-hmm. even if they don't, you know, even if they're not necessarily consciously like maybe considering scouting for their kid in the moment, if mm-hmm. they see the scouts out and doing the good turn and having fun while they're doing it, Mm. they're probably going to start to think, you know, it'd be nice if my kids did stuff like that. Yeah, or they could tell someone else who might be interested. Yeah, or that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's a big part of it, too. Um, yep. I did actually have a frequent question sure. that's going to ask me, and I figured I would address it on the podcast. You kind of did a little bit. Sure, um, go with on. a girl that was... Uh, so, essentially, one question that I get asked a lot when it comes to recruitment is how do you compensate somebody who has a disability? Um, and again, this is, it, it is a sort of a touchy subject, but I believe back in the, I believe you guys, you did a podcast on it uh, where a kid was trying to get his Eagle Scout, but he had a disability. And essentially, you know. I've mentioned, I've mentioned at least two instances where youth with disabilities um, in one case was denied Eagle, and in another mm. case, achieved Eagle despite being nonverbal. Yeah. Um, so they actually have, so Scouts BSA actually has fixed that, um, especially when they went through the name change and allowed girls to get in. For sure. Um, so what it will allow you to do is for, so essentially, you know, there are requirements just like any rank. Uh, well, you have but, to earn certain badges. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so essentially, project and SF, yeah. et cetera. Exactly. So essentially what they have decided to do, and I, I tell the parents this, 
is that they will actually accommodate you. So let's, you know, let's say that I want to, you know, go for my Eagle, you know, very prestigious award, you know, kind of it's like kind the of Queen's an- Venture. Uh, it's probably more prestigious than the Queen's Venture. I don't think we market that well enough. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. But that uh, would be it, the roughly equivalent rank in terms of age. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so essentially, so we do merit badges, right? Merit badges are how you kind of show what rank you're at. Right, right. Um, so what they have decided to do is, depending on your disability, they will either they will take a couple off or they'll make it so that it's obtainable, right? And alternate, attain- uh, alternate requirements. Yeah, alternate requirements. Thank you. That's the term I was looking for. Yep. Um, and again, the, and, and I'll kind of, again, we have pamphlets that actually show what those requirements are. Okay. Or the ultimate requirements. Again, when, when we, when we talk about recruitment, we want to talk about everybody. We don't really care who they are. We, you know, we just want them a, to have a really fun time and we want them to get experience out of it. You know, experience sure. yeah because the thing is is that you know there are some things that i learned in cub scouts that i actually still use today oh yeah totally like not tying obvious yeah. one um and again you know and really when you're trying to get recruitment you want to show them hey this is what i learned today hey this is how i can apply this into the real world again it's just like the things like that that really give it you know just the ultimate experience that you can't really you're not really going to get in any of the other clubs unless it's like specific this is kind of like an all-around sort of program so that's, that's kind of my little true. yeah and like we talked about this a little bit with funnily enough our um slightly tipsy teacher on mm-hmm. that uh that one episode that she contributed to twice mm. and like and she asked about that and i mean like scouts canada you know, our policy is we don't turn anybody away. We really don't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mean, like, for us, I think it helps that our progression mechanic is not tied to specific badges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, it's for us, we follow the one program model. So, yeah, Scouts Ireland, for example, follows this as well, uh, a bunch of other organizations around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, for us, progression is tied to the outdoor adventure skills. So is it like a leveling system, I'm assuming? Yeah, each each skill has nine levels, and there are nine skills, okay? Okay. And basically, you know what? You know, so for a Beaver Scout to earn his or her top section award, um, the requirement is five levels. So Mm -hmm. if you can do level one in five different skills, you've met that requirement. Oh, okay. Okay. And the skills mm-hmm. are kind of varied. There's stuff like, you know, scout craft, which is more like, you know, shelter building, not tying. There's aquatics, there's sailing, there's mm-hmm. winter, there's emergency skills. Yeah. So, so, assen- uh, so it's, it's essentially, if I, yeah. So essentially, if I get this right, you can kind of combine different skills and different levels to kind of meet that requirement. Exactly. You know, Okay. I, I don't need... You know, I don't need all of my scouts to be totally proficient in the camping or the hiking skill. You know, mm. if I have, like, I have one girl who, uh, her her dad has been the president of the sailing club at Lake Wabaman for gosh knows how long, right? Mm. Um, so she is a hugely proficient sailor, which is unusual in a landlocked province, but there it is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what? If she doesn't really care that much for hiking, I don't care because she is kicking everyone's butt at sailing. Mm-hmm. You know, she has got way more ranks of sailing versus you know somebody else who might have way more ranks of um, hiking or scoutcraft or whatever, right? But the mm-hmm. point is, to a large degree, we can really tailor your progression to where your skills are, or tailor your progression away from where you're where you struggle. Mm. Right? Yep. But I mean, like, even at a more basic level, like, there's a story I like to tell uh, when I'm talking with with uh, some parents who, you know, like, oh, but my kid, like, they struggle with this, that, or the other thing. I had a boy join my Cub Pack. Actually, he joined my Beaver Scouts first. He joined my Beaver Scout colony, and he was, he had a lot of anxiety, you know, very socially anxious, very shy. Mm-hmm. Also, he had, it wasn't cerebral palsy, but it was some kind of palsy, and he had a very, very limited use of his left hand. Oh. Okay? Mm-hmm. Very limited use of his left hand. Had trouble manipulating, actually, even his whole left forearm, he had trouble manipulating. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I mean, like, you know, so, you know, he had, he had sort of that social emotional struggle, but he also had a physical struggle, mm-hmm. but he joined Beavers. And I remember very vividly this one moment where it clicked. We were going sledding as you do in Alberta in winter. Yeah. If we don't have that experience. <laughs> yeah. So we were going sledding and he, uh, I was helping him every time he, and I mean, like he was having fun. And so he kept sliding down and coming up. But every time he came up, you know, he was asking for my help to get on his sled and get going. And so after a few times, I started working with him to show him like, okay, well, you know what? Here, look, (laughs) you know, I, I know we're just kind of over the crest of the hill. So your sled's going to start sliding. But look, if you plant your feet, you're holding yourself in position, right? Your right hand is good. So you help use your right hand to help your left hand get a grip on the handle of the sled. <clears throat> then grab your then grab the other handle with your right hand. <clears throat> now tuck your feet up. And mm. it took a few tries, but eventually I got him to the point where he could self-launch down the hill. Wow. And, his, and it was like a switch flipped in his mind. Whoa. Like, I got messages from his mom for weeks afterwards, basically, like, you know, saying, I don't exactly know what you did, but thank you. Like, I have, I've never seen him willing to take to, to take on challenges like he has been the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And he's still in, actually, I think he's going up to scouts now. He's going up to our scout troop. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, like, last year, um, my eldest was playing... Uh, fastball and he was playing on one of the teams that she was in the uh the the finals tournament against wow you know so it's like it's it's those sorts of you know i mean obviously you know like i I like to tell that one because it's a really you know it's it's a pretty impressive success story yeah and that's not going to be everyone's experience but at the same time you know like it really i think it demonstrates the attitude you have to have sort of you know Greeting someone where they're at, but if you recognize that they have abilities beyond what they themselves see, mm. coach them to try and bring those out. You know, work yeah. with them 
so that they can be as as independent and as fully immersed in the program as possible, given whatever their particular struggles might be. Yeah. And you know, what's, you know what's really funny is that you just that story you just told reminded me of the movie Gone with the Wind. Really? Uh, yeah. It was just yeah, because you know, uh, Gone with the Wind. If people don't know, it's just a uh, you know a boy who's in the orphanage and he finds this guitar and he learns how to pl play the guitar and he's good and you know it's again that that's a really uplifting story and you know again help says you know, are not only about the program but we're about individuals you know improving upon themselves well exactly right and i mean like at the end of the day if people aren't leaving our program feeling more confident feeling a little bit better equipped for mm. the world that they enter into outside of the scout meetings, mm. then even if we're ticking all the check boxes for what, you know, national is saying a program should be, we're still failing, mm. you know, yep. even, if, even, if, even if we can say, well, we've been camping so many times, done all of the STEM stuff and, you know, all of this stuff. If our kids aren't leaving the program at the end of the night and at the end of the year mm -hmm. with bolstered confidence in their own abilities and a sense that they can take on challenges that mm -hmm. maybe a year ago they couldn't have. Yeah. Um, we've probably dropped the ball somewhere. Exactly. It, it should always be a progression. You know, this is where I started. This is where I am now. Um, you know, for me, you know, my philosophy at the end of the day is, my goal for every meeting is I want them to learn something. I want them to have some sort of takeaway because yeah. for me, you know, granted, you know, most people can, a lot of people can sort of navigate the world eventually. But for me, I've always found out that if somebody's in, involved as something as prestige or, or uh, as involved with as scouts, uh, they tend to really grasp it better and they tend to sort of, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll learn a skill and then they'll be able to not only use the skill for themselves, but they'll even be able to teach somebody. Yeah. And sure. again, it, it's just those sort of fundamentals, you know, are just really important in the world. For sure. I mean, even like <laughs> there was this one boy in my daughter's class who just was like constantly on her case, you know, very competitive kid. Uh, if I can knock against if I can knock against the city I live about anything, it's that it's got a really I don't know I, I the only way I can describe it, and unfortunately this is a very nineties term. You know, <laughs> call something preppy is very nineties. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh. it's like this it's like this very preppy hockey culture. Mm -hmm. So you know, you'd swear that every parent thinks their kid is gonna be the next Bill Gates. Who's hot in the NHL right now? Uh, oh, uh, I would say the next Gretzky, but like the next Connor McDavid or something like that. Right? Yes, like, exactly. Yep. Um, you know, everybody's just you know my kid. You know, and hockey is just like yeah. Uh, I I think some cults would have a hard time competing with the the, the fierceness with which people are hockey devotees. Oh like, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And. And this guy, this kid's, you know, he's a total hockey kid, but just very hyper competitive. And I Ooh. think it started when I bought my daughter a really like high spec Chromebook. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, because our, the, 
grade four, five, and six in her school, they do a lot of their lesson delivery on Chromebooks. Oh, wow. And I guess there was this one activity that their teacher had them do, which, you know, I mean, because she had a touchscreen and a really, you know, high spec Chromebook. Ah. That's middling spec now, I suppose, but whatever. Like yeah. it was it was a good book for its day and it still does its job quite well. Yep. But you know, that plus the touchscreen, like she was completing this one activity like super fast. Whoa. Plus, you know, I'm a bit of a gamer, she's a bit of a gamer. Yeah. Me so too. she really like she really took to it and she like she had the activity nailed. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem was there was a leaderboard. Mm. There was a class leaderboard. She was number one, he was number two, and he didn't oh. take kindly to that. <laughs> no. You know, but, it's just competitive nature, right? Yeah, totally. Very hyper competitive kid. <laughs> but the thing is, so you know, like he was kind of running her down and just, you know, not being a nice guy at all. Um, unfortunately. But last spring um yeah just in the spring she comes home one day and she's just like so we wound up having to work together on a project me and this guy Mm -hmm. and we got to talking and i told him you know just we started talking about like some of the stuff that i was doing in scouts and it just it flipped everything for him like she had we had just done a bunch of archery with the cub scouts Mm -hmm. and it turns out that his dad uh, was a bow hunter and had been teaching him the rudiments of shooting a bow. You know, so all of a sudden they had like a point or two of commonality, right? And mm-hmm. you know, again, dad's a bow hunter, so they love to go just camping, right, in the wilderness. But we go camping with the Cub Scouts, and so they had suddenly they had these points of commonality. And I wouldn't say they're friends, but they get along a lot better all of a sudden. Oh wow! Because you know, all of a sudden she was able to share some experiences she had with him mm-hmm. and he was able to sort of relate to those experiences. And it's kind of just like, Oh wow, you are actually a much cooler person than I thought you were. <laughs> uh, uh. And so like, you know, just or w- within his relative definition of cool, right? Because like, those are things that he loved and enjoyed and he yeah. didn't realize that, you know, Oh wow. This person who also cleans my clock at uh, <laughs> this particular video game slash educational tool um, yeah, she likes shooting a bow. Mm-hmm. Who knew, right? Like yeah. it's just it, so it, it it was interesting, you know. And I, we've had that a few times where you know, like my girls have shared their experiences, things they've done with the scouts, and mm-hmm. you know, like and people are drawn to that. Yeah, right? exactly. And I think you know if there's another recruiting tool then that we have to point to in all of this, it's that you as the scouters. You know, you yeah. need to deliver program. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, another story, my second year as a beaver scouter, I was struggling. Really? Because well, when I joined the beaver, like I got pulled into the beaver scouter, like my kid wanted to join beaver scouts. Mm-hmm. At the time, Colin, my best man and co-host, was the group commissioner for uh, 59 Edmonton Scout Group. Okay. And he said, I know it's a bit of a haul for you to come into town, but you know what? I I need new leadership in the beaver level. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like I had reached out to him too, but you know, we kind of, we knew that we needed, he knew that he needed new leadership in the beaver level because everybody he had as a beaver scouter at the moment, their, <laughs> their kids were like in scouts or older. 
Mm-hmm. So like they were holding on to keep the, they they were sticking around to keep the program going, but they were ready to walk. You know, they they yeah. were ready to be done. And so the first year I had all of them. The second year they all moved on. And it was me, and for a time it was me and one other scouter. Like we were almost at the point where we had to like, you know what? We're gonna have to start turning people away at the door. Oh my goodness! Have more volunteers. And then in late November, early December, I get this email. And it's from uh, a lady who has since become one of my rock-solid scouter team. Uh, first for Beavers, and then when her son moved up to Cubs, she moved up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she was with another scout group at the time. And, you know, she was like, all, you know, she's like, all we do is, like, just gym games. You know, like it's just dodgeball, 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 week after week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you, you know, what kind of a program are you running? And I told her about some of the stuff that we were doing. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh my God, why didn't I join your group? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to poach people, but I could use another scouter. And she's like, I'm fully trained. I'm like, well, wow. you know what? I, I leave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a luxury. Yeah. And she, she made the decision to flip over and become a scouter with us. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's been nothing but awesome since, right? Yeah. But that's kind of the thing, right? You know, you as the scouters, mm-hmm. the program you deliver is a powerful recruitment tool. Exactly. Right? Yep. If if you're just not to knock crafts and not to knock the occasional game of dodgeball or some other gym game, right? Like some other gymnasium game. Mm-hmm. But if that's the majority of what your program is, yep. you're doing yourself a real disservice. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. We have yeah. We have nights where you know, sure, like the youth just want to blow off steam, so we'll just play games all night. We have mm-hmm. nights where we need it to be really low key, so sure, we'll do a craft. Yeah. But you know, I I've talked about all the other crazy stuff we've got up to, and, yep. and you know, the not so crazy stuff like camps and archery, the crazier stuff like oh geez, let's just design a board game because why not? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's talk to a guy who's been to space because he's got free time and he <laughs> loves the question about how you poop. Yeah, my God. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. And just being able to, you know, then tell people it's like, yeah, this is stuff we do, and they're just like, oh my gosh, like I want to be part of that. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Like I'm 35, I want to be part of that. <laughs> Oh, you know, something I will say, and this is something I always like to, you know, get uh, tell the parents is that every kid is going to have their own set of strengths. And what always amazes is them is that their kid is that in the program, there's a way for you to express that certain strength. For sure. And there's not really, you know, obviously you could join a organized sport and, you know, maybe you'll get lucky and that happens to be your strength. But you know, especially if you don't even know you had strengths, you know, that's again, that this program allows you to try and figure out what you're really good at, what you could maybe use some improvement on. And hey, maybe I'm not so good at this, but maybe I would like to be good at this certain skill or even a game. And there's not really a lot of things like that that are kind of so like well-rounded like that. For sure. And the scouting experience should really be a very broad and varied one. And you know what? Mm. That works in both of our programs, right? Mm. Because you have things, you know, you still have merit badges with defined requirements. Mm. But there's merit badges for darn near everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right? And you can build a ton of programs 
just by running down the list of merit badges. Hmm. You know, there's you can build so much program just by saying, oh, well, geez, you know, we have merit badges. Why don't we just do that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Let's just make a meeting about that. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have the merit badge system, but, you know, we still have the outdoor adventure skills, which do have definite requirements. And that certainly mm -hmm. can be very useful for us in shaping how we present camps and hikes and other events to the scouts. Yep, exactly. Um, and then also, I mean, you know what? Taking feedback from the youth, right? Like the board game yep. thing, right? Yeah. I literally, that came about literally because I sat down with the Beaver Scouts and I'm just like, okay, what do you want to do? You know, give me some ideas. What are things that you think would be cool? Mm. And this exactly. one kid put up his hands and he's just like, I really want to, you know, make a board game. Wow. All That's right. Really nice. <laughs> we're doing, doing this. <laughs> you know, I have no idea how we're doing it, but we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll figure you know, it out. Yeah. The, the youth, especially youth who've been in the program for a little bit, um, mm. they, they have a sense of some of the adventures they want to chase down. Yeah. And if you can give that to them, that you're, or you find a way to take that idea mm -hmm. and put a scouting spin on it, yeah. then you are, you are set. Exactly. Right. Um, now we kind of, now this is, this is something I just thought about. Um, so we kind of talked about, you know, maybe getting the younger people into the scouting program or, you know, in, in the sense, you know, basically almost anybody. Uh, but one thing that I've actually found that actually really helps getting the older scouts into the program. Um, so a lot of high schools, especially the ones that I get, you know, especially in the United States, they right. are really huge on scholarships because, as we know, college mm -hmm. is expensive. Almost um, ruinously so, yes. And so a lot of an amount of service. Um, one thing that uh, Scouts be is me and everybody else to do is if, you know, let's say I'm a high school student, I'm looking for volunteers. Um, one thing that you can actually do is if you join, if you actually join Scouts, Whenever you do a bottle drive or you popcorn sale or well not popcorn but anything that revolves around helping out the community or volunteering, the fundraising, yeah, use those hours towards the scholarships. Oh yeah, that's true. If there's a community yep. service requirement, yep. Um, that and again, that's just if you're kind of looking to kind of get those older scouts involved, that's actually the best way that I have found to be able to recruit. Yeah, that's not a bad way either. Um, I mean. I haven't had to do recruitment for venturers yet, mm -hmm. but I think, I mean, that's certainly a good conversation to have. There are some Scouts Canada scholarships, probably not quite as many, <sighs> but. And, uh, yeah. And I would assume the, you know, the Queens venture, I'm assuming if you get one of those high ranks, like for Eagle, you get scholarships. That's actually, uh, believe it or not, that's how I paid for about half my college right there is through those Eagle scholarships. Well, I believe it. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look up what scholar, like I know that. <laughs> I mean, the, the scholarship that Scouts Canada touts the most is, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but it is what it is. It's tied mm. to fundraising. So oh. if you sell in one year, if you sell $2,500 worth of popcorn, wow. you get 6% of that in a scholarship fund. Okay. That's and nice. Every year thereafter, even oh. if you don't sell 2500 again, mm -hmm. but every year thereafter, regardless of what your sales are, 6% goes into the scholarship fund. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's not bad, right? Like, I mean, that's yeah. not going to, that's probably not going to add up to your college tuition. No. But, you know, like there is, that is sort of the main scholarship they put forth. But there are other scholarships tied to 
like you say, community service and community involvement, mm-hmm. um, or that like that's part of the requirement for them. And so, yeah, scouts can yep. definitely help towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, in a in a broader sense, people like to see that on a resume. Um, yeah, my dad works for um, my dad works what is called for what is called the co-op department at a local university um, with one okay. of the with one of the uh, faculties there. Mm-hmm. And co-op education, cooperative education, basically means. In this case, it means that a student in his co-op program, their degree program is extended by 16 months, 20 months, sorry. Their degree program is extended by 20 months. Mm-hmm. Now, they compress that down to a year. Oh, okay. Because you also, you're like basically your summers also get counted towards this. But oh, okay. basically, those 20 months are work terms with companies mm-hmm. in your field, right? Oh, okay. Yep. And depending on exactly which discipline within the faculty, it might be like uh, four months, then an eight-month work term, then an eight-month work term, or eight four eight, or four four eight four, or whatever. But it always adds up to twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And so, you know, basically, part of your education, part of your degree, is now tied to successfully completing work terms, paid work terms, mind you. Yep. With companies in your field. So it's kind of like an internship. Yeah, except you actually make bank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you actually get paid like uh, a full salary. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you are actually hired and paid to work. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, so it, it's pretty, and, and you know, you're in a highly technical field. So like you're getting paid good money. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's constantly like, you know, he, he and I always used to compare notes about like what went really well on a resume, right? And mm-hmm. like uh, long-term involvement with scouting, especially at the higher levels, recruiters love seeing that. Yes, right. Because especially it shows if exactly if they can tie it to a leadership role, it's it's like gold for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had he's had he's also had about five kids get hired because they mentioned that they had built mods for Neverwinter Nights, but that's Whoa. a separate story. Wow. <laughs> Can't wait to hear that one. That's a separate story. I mean, <laughs> again, he he works in a tech in a tech-facing field. Mm-hmm. So, but you know what, like, I mean, and I think that's maybe another thing to take away from it too, is that, you know, like, and, and, and what I hope that Scouts does for people is it helps them, you know, just sort of embrace the things they enjoy mm-hmm. enough that they're willing to put them out there. Right. Like yeah. If you look at my resume, I don't know if it's online anywhere right now, but if you look at my resume, I mean, I talk about podcasting. I talk about the fact that I love video games and photography and Mm-hmm. that I was involved with scouts and that I sing in a choir and all of this stuff because you know what it all matters Yeah, it, it all just, matters and yeah. scouting hopefully helps you realize that just you doing you matters mm-hmm. and there are people out there who will see you yeah. doing you and be just like mm-hmm. this is the person that I want yeah. for this role exactly and again when you have a lot of things to do it just makes you more well rounded yeah and so and that's those kind of what powerful, they're looking for. Yeah, and so that can be another powerful way to recruit the older youth as well. But yep. equally, <laughs> honestly, I think you know the single most powerful recruiting tool that I could have to get somebody into venturers or into rovers, mm-hmm. it's just that camaraderie. You know, yeah. I mean, literally, like you know, the, the the guys and unfortunately there were no girls in our venture company or rover crew, but that's just you know demographics. Yeah. Um, but the guys that I was in Ventures and Rovers with, like, I mean, we're still tight today. We're still so close, you know. Wow. 
these these are these are bonds of friendship that that will stand up yeah. against a great deal. Is that fact, how you met Scott or Colin? That is how I met Scott or Colin. We met in Beavers. Oh, okay. Wow. Really long. Yeah. I have known him for thirty odd years now. Wow. Right. Uh, he's a bit older than me, so you know he was like in his second year of Beavers when I started. But still, like the point mm-hmm. is, yeah. Um, and there's some other guys, you know, who like you know we like Ted, who's been on the podcast a few times, whose wedding is in a couple of weeks. I'm going to. Um, you oh, know, congratulations he, he, to him! Yeah, he's it's awesome for him. Yeah. Um, he joined in Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Robin, who we haven't had on the podcast, but we've definitely mentioned a few times. You know, he joined yeah. around that time too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam, Jamie, you know, just all these guys that I have been on countless adventures with and mm-hmm. share countless moments of camaraderie with. <laughs> yeah. um, and and literally because there's, you know, a decade or a decade and a half or three decades of <laughs> history, <laughs> shared history there, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's those bonds, right? And I think, too, you know, maybe one other thing. We talked about community earlier when we talked about social media. Mm-hmm. But, and you know what? I mean, I say this as part of a huge online community that I have found great value in, the Ultima Dragons. Uh, yeah. Probably the single longest running video game fan club in history. Really? At least that I can think of. Oh, okay. At least that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, more than Fair. 25 years since they were founded. Wow. That's actually older than me. <laughs> Ah, there you go. Um, the, you know, I, I find great value in that community and participating in that community. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the online experience never really fully replaces the in-person. No, never. And it's, you know what? I was listening to um, this. They were talking about this on the Catching Foxes podcast, but it wasn't their original idea. There was somebody else, I think a comedian, who was kind of the progenitor of this project. But basically, mm-hmm. what they were talking about is how, especially in horror communities, and you know what? Where I am right now is kind of facing a bit of an economic downturn, and I've noticed it here too. Really? McDonald's. Oh, really? McDonald's has, in a lot of communities in the U.S., and even in places in Canada, mm-hmm. replaced the community center. Or really? become the community center. Wow. Right? And I mean, like, that's something that I don't necessarily pick up on in my day-to-day life because, A, I have to drive 10 minutes or walk 30 minutes to get to my nearest McDonald's, right? Yeah. Um, I don't live near one. But, mm. you know what? In, in communities where, you know, they're, they're, the concept of the desert is something that you know has been talked about lately right it's where the population base isn't big enough or isn't doesn't have you know a sufficient average income to warrant putting in any kind of grocery store and so there's places where you know there might be a mcdonald's 10 minutes away and that's mm-hmm. the only place some pla- some people can go to get orange juice because the nearest grocery store is you know they got to drive two communities over walk an hour yeah together, right Ugh, brutal the food, the food desert concept and then yeah. lower income communities tend to be harder hit by this um mm-hmm. but yeah they were talking about how you know mcdonald's has in a lot of ways become for many communities the community center and yes you know what we can 
we can look at it from the perspective of, well, geez, that's kind of tragic. And in a way it is. Mm -hmm. But equally, we can also take from it that people need community. Mm -hmm. People really need community. Yeah, it's so big. And if, if it isn't provided for them, by you know like if they can't find it in a church or if they can't find it in a community league they can't find it in some sort of you know uh some sort of organized or semi-organized fashion with the people they call neighbors Mm. then it will spring up where it can even if that happens to be mcdonald's yes and my Big, the, the single biggest experience I continue to take away from scouting is community and the sense of community. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what? That is the that is maybe the other secret sauce for recruiting is you know just being able to be community, right? And that's especially true mm. for for teens. That's mm. especially true for young adults, people who mm. are you know <laughs> they're they're desperate both to figure out their own identity, but yeah. also Find community. Yeah. Find people who are like them. Exactly. It's kind of like a church in a way. It, it, a, a church is another great example. Yeah, yeah. A church is a great example too, right? And church is a wonderful commonality to have. And, you know, if you have that in your life, more power to you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. where my wife and I met. We met in church. It's a great oh, place wow. to meet people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? Um, if you don't have that, you still need community. Mm. And scouts can be that. Exactly. And scouts should be that. Mm-hmm. And especially for, you know, that teen and young adult segment, yeah. that can be a powerful driver. Exactly. For, uh, yeah. Yeah. I like to call it a home away from home. It, it is. It is in a lot of ways. And you know what? To this day, I can walk. I, and my wife used to bug me about this for years. But, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, you are so awkward whenever we meet my friends or like whenever we're hanging around my family. And like, I finally gotten to the point where I'm not because I'm comfortable mm. with these people. Yeah. I'm not really a people person, mm. you know? So, you know, for years I'd walk into like a family event and I would feel kind of out of place or I'd, you know, she'd be hanging out with her friends and I'd be along and I would feel kind of out of place. Yeah. But you can put me in a room full of people from scouter, like a room full of scouters I've never met before. Mm. And I'm fine. It's kind of like that common interest, kind of what makes you comfortable. Exactly. And uh, actually, we're, we're only recording tonight because my initial plans fell through. I, I had arranged to maybe meet some local scouters for like a dinner. But oh, unfortunately, wow. we couldn't pull it off. And so, mm. uh, but I'm glad you were able to record. Because yeah, exactly. I can have some scouting on Scout Scarf Day. So. Yeah. Hey, you're always welcome at my scout. Just let me know when you're available or when you're here. There we go. <laughs> Now, on that note, probably should wrap it up. Yeah. yeah because, yeah, and I got to get to bed at some point here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's half an hour walk back to the hotel. So. Oh, my goodness. Stop. But anyways. Um, right. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time. Yeah, anytime. It was a pleasure. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a big thanks to Scouting Radio for rebroadcasting our episodes. Shout out to Justin and the team there for rebroadcasting our stuff to their worldwide scouting audience. If you are listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, um, by all means, do feel free to get in touch. You can do so if you are curious. Uh, ScoutingStuffPodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash ScoutingStuffPodcast, Instagram.com slash ScoutingStuffPodcast, 
twitter.com slash SSYSK podcast because I can only use 15 characters. Oh, well. Um, and coming soon, coming soon, we're actually recording there tonight, but coming soon, um, Discord server. And if you, uh, I, I would really strongly encourage when, when we do go public with this, do consider joining our Discord server. Yes, it's another service you have to sign up for. And yes, it's kind of got a bit of gamer branding about it, but you know what? It is, speaking of community, it's a great community for community. You chat with each other as scouters, text and voice. Um, so once I've finished putting the finishing touches on the Discord server, I hope you will join us, join join me, my, join Parker, Colin when I can get him on board uh, on Discord mm. as well. Keep mm. an eye for that. Details coming in the future. Mm. All right, you got any shoutouts? Parker, you got any shoutouts? Uh, I guess I'd like to. So we recently joined, or I recently joined a new troop. Me and my dad. We are now Scout Troop Fifty One. Ooh. Also, well, not associated with Area Fifty One. Huh. <laughs> um. So that's our new troop. They decided uh, a new one. They needed a new one. So me and my dad jumped on board. I'm the assistant scoutmaster, and my dad is the uh, scoutmaster. Um. So yeah, the shout awesome. out to uh, Troop Fifty One. Yeah, totally. That is awesome. Cool. Always nice to hear of, you know, growth. Yeah. It's a good problem to have when you need to spin off a new group. Yeah, exactly. That's how you know you're doing a wall. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time. Thank you out there for listening. And until next time, be prepared. Be prepared.